Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a Jackie Cation, and you're listening to The Dork Forest. Uh, you know the website's JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com. The credits, Mike Rickberg sang that song. He wrote and composed it. He sang it with Sarah Cohen. He's going to sing again at the end, Mexican Hat Dance. And then Vilmos fixes the website, and Patrick Brady is going to fix this audio. JackieCation.com has my stand-up and live Dork Forest uh, schedules, including my upcoming Portland, Oregon, uh, going to be doing Portland, Oregon, Live Dork Forest with Carrie Brownstein from Portlandia and a stand-up show July 13th. Feel free to come out to that. So the, the links are all on JackieCation.com. And there is a donation button on JackieCation.com and on DorkForest.com, which now points to all things comedy, which is the Umbrella Podcast host that I am with right now. That is amazing. All Things Comedy, by the way, has about 30 other podcasts that you can listen to. Feel free to cherry pick over there. They're on the right-hand side. The donation button on dorkforest.com and jackiecation.com are live. Feel free to donate. Knock yourselves out. I recommend everyone give me $100 a year. Yep. And if you don't have $100 a year, don't worry about it. Uh, just tell everybody that you love the show. And you can get merch if you want. That's another way to donate uh, and, and get stuff. You can get a Ranger of the Dork Forest t-shirt from JackieCation.com or uh, the Brett Chambers Dork Forest t-shirt. My CDs, you can buy those. You can also use the banner on the Amazon banner and buy your stuff through Amazon. And Amazon gives me a kickback. Last month, I made $39. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pretty sweet. Anyway, let's get into it. It's a good episode. Thanks for listening, folks. Hi, we're sitting here in my living room, and we're going to talk Elvis, because that's the dorkdom of James P. Connolly. James P. Connolly, by the way, C-O-N-N-O-L-L-Y dot TV. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, what answer? That's not uh, Irish? Is that what I'm hearing? It is Irish, but it's the non-familiar Connolly spelling. Okay, there if, we go. If, if left up to other people's devices, no one ever spells my name. No one correctly. ever pulls it correctly on the billboard. <laughs> I can hand them the picture. They go, I know how to spell Connolly. No, you don't. It turns it's out not. not. So, so, so James P. Connolly, and it's also <laughs> at James P. Connolly on Twitter, and um, if this goes before July 29th, you're closing the Irvine Improv for a benefit for the 5th Marine Regiment, yep. um, which are uh, clearly vet- veterans. Cause yeah, the, most of them are, uh, they all, a lot of them in Iraq and Afghanistan, the last yeah. decade they've been deployed, so they're all back now, and, right. and so they're doing a, it's a big benefit show. And Lori Kilmartin tweeted the other day, we really have to reinstate the draft because these same 25 guys can't fight every war we're doing. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I thought it was a great... It's phenomenal. I'm putting these guys like, how many times did you go over? And they get, well, yeah, yeah they just fourth, need Yeah, sixth. And you're like, there's no, yeah, I, gee, I wonder why you're twitchy. Anyway, yeah, so, tough. uh, yeah. yeah, that's tough. Anyway, so, um, that's great. So July 20, 29th, yeah, people July 29th, come on out, Irvine Improv. And then the first week of August, first weekend of August, you're doing Rochester. Yeah, let's uh, stop Minnesota. bragging. First week of August, Goonies. <laughs> that's right. And that's real people. We've been working on that harmony all morning long. Goonies. Uh, the only time I ever did stand up in, uh, in Rochester, I ate it so hard. The only laugh I got was like, how many people here just, uh, killing time waiting for a loved one to die? <laughs> 
Anyone? Anyone? Because the Mayo Clinic is there. I was going to say, yeah, that would be yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> oh, good. Well, good. You're pumping me up. I can't right. wait to get out and there. The, that's the only laugh I got. But then I genuinely think that that's what they were doing. Because I was at a weird dive bar just doing a one-nighter back oh. in 95. So don't worry about it. So thanks. So, so it's real. So Elvis Presley. Yeah. And by the, the way, king. thank you. We got this sweet uh, Elvis pint glass. Yep. Take yep. care of business. I Little mean, did that's... I know I was collecting pint glasses until uh, I would go to every <laughs> every museum go hey i wonder if they have any pine glasses here and then all of a sudden i have pine glasses because i have uh this one it's got a pirate on it uh, like yours has the elvis one got it at graceland and i gotta tell you this is not just any pine glass this is elvis and i'm gonna go ahead and give you the ballpark that is probably from the 1968 comeback special where he's usually oh. seen in black leather but this is one where he's got the white outfit on and he's got yep. a little ascot there probably sure. singing the uh is it the impossible dream to dream the incredible? Yeah, there you yeah. go. That was a, yeah. great, a little flashback. He did. There, he, he did a lot of. He didn't write his own music. I'm told. Right? Uh, Elvis, I think he cut over like 600 songs and didn't write one of them. All and, right. But they had like an agreement where they were all listed under Elvis Presley Enterprises. So a lot of people didn't want to write songs for Elvis because they weren't going to get their money. Oh, so basically, you wrote it, gave ro- it to him, and then they listed it as an Elvis song. So he was listed as a songwriter for. It's like for double royalties. Dipping. Yeah. That's why a lot of people didn't want to write for him because oh. after a while it's like, I wrote that song. No, Elvis wrote that song. Elvis didn't write any of those songs. No, but he'd pitch in every now and then like, what if we change banana to orange? I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. And Elvis, writing credit. And everybody yeah. going, nothing rhymes with orange. Elvis, nothing rhymes with orange. What do you think? It's how you say it. Orange and around. What's the, what's the history of your love of Elvis? I mean, we all, we all like Elvis, right? And you know, I was trying to go back and figure out the, the etymology. It started somewhere with my mother. I think okay. we had an Elvis album around the house. Right. And I know she's ballpark same age, like she was a teenager when it hit. Okay. So I think it started with a, a, a record in the house. Right. And for some reason, I just became enamored. I love... The, Where did you grow up? I grew up in, outside L.A. in Downey, California. Okay. All where right. we had this album, and I think I just played it and loved it. And then my parents, you know, you're a parent, you encourage your kids, well, he sure. likes Elvis, well, let's get him on an Elvis album, but... This was right. like, don't tell anyone you ever like unicorns. Or exactly. Frogs or I get that. All of a sudden you get I, like a collection I of unicorns. I have a and huge frogs. collection of Elvis unicorns, as a matter of <laughs> fact. But we, I had like the little record player that you flip up. Okay. I close the door, sit there, take the hairbrush, take the jean jacket, flip up the collar, work oh. on the moves and sing. Yep. In, mm-hmm. in the mirror. And so. Wow, that, that's a grease lightning kind of moment right she, there. And I would actually like one, I was a little kid one time I went to the local, I think it was a JC Penny and I got like an Elvis album as a gift for my mother. Under the guise of really, I wanted to hear it. Right. So I said, look, it's for you. Here, let's, let's play this album and listen to it when yes. you're not here. Yes. It's, uh, I'm going to get you a pocket knife so that I can learn how to play mumbly peg. Uh, so I don't, that's, uh, <laughs> wow, we went somewhere else. Sorry about that. Okay. So <laughs> James Pico. So I, I asked people, I said, are there questions? Hello. Let's see if I can do this. Well, this is, I got these off of Twitter. So, uh, and Facebook, so the, the Twitter handles. So you know they're all... real. You know they're real. These <laughs> right. are Twitter and Facebook. We've never met these people. I don't know who they are. They're rangers of the dork forest. Sweet. And they, but the crazy thing about, about Twitter, of course, is that everybody has some, some crazy handle. Like mine is Jackie Cation. That is, is James P. Crazy. Connelly. That is insane. It is crazy. Because we're but... whores to branding. That's right. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. But what about ass face robot? What about that? Um, ass face robot. I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, instant visual popped into my head. <laughs> I, usually I usually don't visualize Twitter, but now I do. Right now, no, you got an image right. to go. He was like, "Please ask about Elvis asking Nixon for a Narcotics Bureau badge and about him constantly carrying guns, sometimes on stage." Do you know about these two things? Yeah, he was like a, a huge gun enthusiast. The whole Nixon thing was weird because he actually—I've seen that picture. I wondered where there was that... a movie they made about this moment. This is when Elvis was kind of heavily in. He was into. He was doing a lot of drugs, right? Yet 
saw himself as a guardian of the American way of like the invasion of like the Beatles and drugs music. So this oh. is like mid seventies Elvis. Mid seventies so Elvis trying to he's he's a man taking drugs, essentially saying that I'm gonna stop the drugs. So he wants to. He meet, just wants everyone to get a haircut. And he, and he wants a badge and he wants a gun. He wants to be a, a deputy, I believe, of like the the DEA or some narcotics enforcement. So he he basically he got on a plane. I think he flew to D.C., then flew back to Memphis. Then I think he got on a separate plane with a couple other people. He <clears> flew under the name of John Burroughs. Then I think he reboarded a plane. I think he flew under the name of Do- John Carpenter, which was a character he played in 1969, Change of Habit with Mary Tyler Moore. Um, that- <laughs> then he, I'm sorry, I dropped that. Please. Then he flew again, and, and he went and he went to try to meet. I forget how it went down, but he tried to get in there and meet and uh, the head of the bureau, and they wouldn't let him in. And then I think some of his head people... Head of the FBI? I think it was the Narcotics Bureau okay. at the time. But then some of his people went and, re- and contacted Nixon, and Elvis wanted to meet Nixon and wanted the badge. Right. And Elvis wrote a letter on an airplane, scribbled out a letter to President Nixon <laughs> as to why he deserved this badge, and he wanted to help protect America and all that kind of stuff. Wow. So apparently he went in there, and Elvis was kind of in a pseudo-drug haze himself. When he went in there and met Nixon, and apparently it was this awkward moment where they, they took a couple of stage shots, and and uh, bottom line is, Elvis got his badge. Elvis wants a badge, Elvis gets a badge. Elvis, Elvis wants to protect America from drugs, Elvis gets to protect America. No one stops Elvis. Talk about branding. Nixon knew a picture with Elvis was not going to be ever a bad picture. Exactly. Now, here's Nixon wanting to hook. So the the drug guy's like, nah, no thanks. Nixon's like, Elvis, come on in. So yeah. Come on in. Here's, um, it just, he gave him wings. It was like, when, it's what, when you go exactly. to the cockpit and you meet the, you, <laughs> yeah. you meet the this pilot. The highest level wings an American citizen <laughs> can get, but. Right. Okay. So that's, that, that, that's from a, that's S Face Robot. Hey, uh, thank you, S Face Robot. <laughs> AK the Human Vacuum. AK the Human Vacuum. AK the Human Vacuum. Uh, Kuban 1M, uh, would like to ask, ask him if he's heard any of the bootleg Elvis sings with the Beatles. Records. You know, I have not. Oh, did you know that they existed? I, I had heard rumors, much of the legend of the of the, the bootleg legend. sessions. Yeah. Okay, but I have not specifically heard them, so that's good. That is good. Good, not, good to know that that, that yeah. rumor continues. But I they, think they met one time. I think it might have been in Palm Springs. You got an Elvis Beatles story for and me? It was just. I think it was like one of them secret meetings where they finally got to meet, and and okay. I think I think the Beatles were enamored with him. I think he was more like. Wanted to meet him, but you should, yeah, you yeah. should be enamored with me. Yeah, exactly. This but it was the, Elvis. I mean, right, that's... the impression I get of Elvis is that Elvis, there was a lot of yes men happening around Elvis in oh, the it, later it, years. Uh, always, always, always. There was he had the Memphis Mafia. He had the people that rolled with him. Yeah. When he was on a movie set. They hated it because he had like an entourage of fourteen. In between takes, they were, you know, fart jokes and drinking and knocking each other around, and oh, so crying out loud. But it was, you know, it was like it's uh, Elvis. It's you, Elvis. You want Elvis, Elvis world to be in a... rolled. And you all just got sucked into Elvis world. It's a Katamari <laughs> Damasi, I it's, think is the name of the video game. Anyway, uh, it's, it's a rolling thing and things stick to you. And then all of a sudden you become. And that is a brilliant analogy. Better. Yes. Everyone sticks to Elvis. Everyone sticks to Elvis because Elvis will buy a car in the end, right? Elvis, I think he bought over a hundred Cadillacs for people. Wow. Elvis, when he was in the military, bought, uh, he donated all his pay because he didn't need the money. Right. He bought all the people in his unit an extra set of uniforms. Because it was expensive. Oh, and everybody needs more than Excellent one uniform. Excellent uniform, yeah. Everyone should have more than one uniform. You should, but, you know, Elvis is like, you want to hear? Have some, have some uniform. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Take my paycheck, too. Take my paycheck. Okay. You know, the crazy thing about, because um, I grew up, and I love the Elvis movies. I've always loved the Elvis movies. You kidding me? That was like the greatest. When I grew up, it was a 3.30 movie on ABC, because they didn't have, you couldn't buy these things. Right. So you had to wait for Elvis week mm-hmm. to come. 
and the 3.30, and it would play every day at 3.30 was Elvis week, and it was like, you got excited, then right. they repeat movies, and you're like, I've already seen Blue Hawaii. Right. And I've right. already seen Girls, 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 and then they would throw in some obscure, like a spin out or a roustabout. You're like, hey. Oh, I meant to look up. Do you know the one? Probably. All right. Uh, the favorite one when I was a kid was the one where he's in Florida, and they squat okay. on on the side of the lake. And, uh, Ooh, that could be and Follow then, That Dream. It is Follow That Dream. Ladies and gentlemen, thank well you done, very James much. Well done, James B. Well played, because he ends up... Shelby Fabre was his co-star. And the one, his stepsister, he ends up uh, making out with his stepsister, yeah. that one. Oh, yeah. That's good times. I'm going to follow that dream wherever that dream may lead. Oh, yeah. I'm going to follow that dream <laughs> to find someone to When your heart gets restless, time to move along. Gotcha. All right. All right. Nice. Thank See, you. and I like the lighter Thank ones. You. I like the ones where he's rich. They're all... And he's... Yeah. Well, King Creole and King uh, Creole was a little more serious. King right? Creole, but that was like actual attempt to at acting. You Kid Great. Galahad, fighter, fighter. That one, that was another what dark one, right? And a uh, little bit of what about Jailhouse Rock, which I've never been able to make it through. Actually, Jailhouse Rock. I like Jailhouse Rock. Some good tunes in there. Mm. Same type of thing. But it, it, music's all, great. All the movies, acting by I think by Kid Galahad. Still a serious movie, but then you know, I mean, Charles Bronson's in it. But then he's still driving in his truck, serious scene, turns on the radio. Of course, on the radio is the background tracks and backup singers singing. And then miraculously in his car, Elvis jumps in on lead vocals. Right. It's like the suspension of disbelief began even in serious movies. Right, because they wouldn't let him not do songs, well, exactly. right? I mean, we, they wouldn't let him not sing in movies. There's just correct? no movie that you could have where you turn on the radio and all you hear is, ah, <laughs> and you just jump in. It's just like, it shouldn't happen. Right, right. Not in real life, but no. in an Elvis, I mean, the thing about Elvis is that he he didn't, he seemed bigger than life. He seemed like his his life yeah. might be a musical, right? There might oh, well, I think he was sudden... the first one, the first megastar who dealt with your life being bigger, like the 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 hype of your life is bigger than any human life and no one knows what to do with you or how to help you or teach you anything because it's like, we don't know, we're just watching you right now. And when you implode, and then we'll go back and go, hmm, wow. So that's what happens when celebrities get too fit. <laughs> I felt bad. He was like a Petri dish. Oh, wow. Because no one had ever had that before. No one had ever experienced this before. Okay, so he was essentially the first test subject. He was the first rock and roll terrarium. And we all looked in, and right. we watched what happened in there. Wow. And it didn't go well. It no, did it didn't go, go well. It but, you know, not... it, it went too fast. I mean, it, it went... just exploded. How old was he when he was he was touring with... with... Wasn't he touring with Johnny Cash in the beginning or something? I mean, he's like Actually, Johnny big Cash toured with Elvis. Oh my God! He was like twenty-one or younger, and right. he was like on this thing called the Louisiana Hayride, which was a big That's... thing tour in the South. Okay. First, it was Elvis is on the bill with other people, and then it was Elvis was the headliner, and Johnny Cash and the other guys who are recording at Sun Studios would be on the lower bill. Right, you're wearing and, your Sun um, Studios, um, which by the way, t-shirt. Talk about hallowed ground. You want to go to Memphis? Yeah. You want to walk into a place that is just like. The Sun Studio were like Jerry Lee Lewis, Carl Perkins, Johnny Cash, Elvis. You get in there. It's this tiny little thing, but it's like you just look around. And unfortunately, the tour guide is a guy dressed as Elvis, which is, by the way, extremely distracting and annoying <laughs> Sun Studios. When you got a kid no, sell Sun who's Studios. pitching like his local Elvis, I'm like, I just shut up, little Elvis, and let right. it soak up the, 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 the enormity of what took place in this little beat up studio. Because it wasn't just Elvis. It was, it was, it was bigger than that. All those guys were coming through there. It's, and so, and did, how long did it last? How long did it, did, did Sun's, is Sun that, Records lasted is, quite a while because they were starting in the 50s and they, they lasted for a while. Then I think they got bought up. But I okay. think someone then bought, 
the Sun Records because the name had a branding, and then they re-released like RCA when they paid for Elvis's contract. Then they bought out all his Sun recordings and okay. then re-released them on the RCA label because they thought you know they'd still make some cash off it. And 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 it turned out they did. Oh yes, Colonel <laughs> Tom Parker made his money. <laughs> oh, there was a Colonel. There was a Colonel story. By the way, fake Colonel. By the way, not a real Colonel. Not an actual Colonel. A Colonel of swindling and marketing. Oh really? It had never had never actually been in the in, in any. There's he was Boy a questionable. Scout? Everyone said there was a questionable whether or not he was even illegal Americans. Like he never let Elvis <laughs> travel <laughs> overseas. Oh, okay. And one of the reasons that people thought that the Colonel was wanted overseas, or if he left, he couldn't get back into America. Oh, right. And so, because so people said, why of... Elvis was the largest, most famous human on the planet and he since never maybe played... Jesus, and he never played outside the United States except for his military stint in Germany when he was right. ordered to. Right. But the Colonel never went. And the Colonel never went anywhere outside the United States. He never even played Canada. No. Really? No. That seems like someone – you would think the colonel would want him because there, yeah, like if, there might be a lot of money in that. Yeah, but what if Elvis probably played somewhere in Wisconsin, right. told the Canadians, they come down. They do come – people, yeah, yeah. But it, it was a destination kind of thing. We're going to go see Elvis. Did Elvis do one of those – was he in Vegas? Did he play Vegas? Elvis actually uh, – Did he create Vegas? <laughs> he created, the yeah, the Vegas run because yeah. they built the – which now the Las Vegas Hilton. He used okay. to call the International. And they were building the International right. and Elvis was kind of in his – you know, he, what I call, he was outside the groovy movie Elvis phase. Okay. Into the, where did Elvis go? And then, hey, he's in his leather suit, come back. Elvis okay. has got some game still. So the International was being built, and he signed an exclusive contract to be the main oh. headliner. Okay. So it was built with the intention of Elvis being in, in the hotel. So he started like in the early 70s. He was like the first guy to be the first gigantic name to just say, I do like, Oh, this is what I do is Vegas. I do Vegas. Yeah. Okay. So he basically, then they created the Vegas show, that 70s Elvis. Right. With the, you know, gospel singers in the back and the guys that go, oh, okay. <laughs> those guys are always, you know always what? There. I love those guys because if you watch the 50 shots, here's Elvis, arguably the most contemporary artist of his time. Mm-hmm. And there's four white men in the background in plaid sport coats who look like all they do is just go, ah, oh, and they look like, but he always had them. He always always had had him. him. He always had him. And then were there, I mean, was that something from the 30s? What was that from? That That feels like a musical. Yeah, I think he was big into like the gospel music as a kid. So he always had like the guy singers. I think I read some weird one-off story about him uh, recording. They wanted him to get, you know, some hit down. And in between takes, he was singing gospel music with with these guys. And and they told him that he had to shut it down and, and sing whatever, you know, pop tune that they wanted. And he was like, no, no, we're going to sing to the Lord for the next yeah. three hours or whatever. So he, did he have gospel albums that he released? Yeah, he had one of his, some of his biggest hits were he did, you know, How Great Thou Art and Peace okay. in the Valley. And so he did like in the early 60s release like a, some gospel albums as well. So okay. All they right. always have shots of him on these like live tour where he like, you know, Elvis playing the piano, singing the gospel to himself and. Right, right. Just yeah. kind of messing around that way. Cause he, he now. Cause the good Lord the said, do the amphetamines. Yes, yes. And, he could uh, like, I think he could monkey around on a lot of instruments, but he wasn't like a great guitar player. He taught himself how to play better. Okay. I think he kind of held it. It was kind of a, a look and a crutch. Right, right, right. Cause people wanted the idea yeah. that he was. More I think musical. He eventually over time he learned how to play this stuff better, but I don't think Amos said, you know who we get, a, you know who should get to play piano on this recording? Elvis. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know who plays a mean fake guitar? That Elvis Presley. <laughs> and like Nat King Cole, uh, I guess was a, was an amazing, 
a piano player. Yeah. And then just fell into the singing part yeah. of it. And he was like, oh, did you need me to sing too? Okay. But yeah. I guess everybody really wanted him to play the piano. Yeah. No, I and, think Elvis was a tinkerer. Yeah. He was a tinkerer. Fair. Okay. Let me find this. Uh, okay. Uh, his acting ambitions were thwarted by the colonel. Is that, is that true? Yeah. He, um, Jim, by the way, I just Jim love the Wooster, fact that I'm being Jim asked Wooster. Elvis questions. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I feel like I'm at a game show going, it's well, the- I'll, I'll, I'll handle this Elvis question <laughs> if you don't mind. You <laughs> see, Elvis wanted to be a thespian. It's and, the funnest uh, part of the it was, Here's the thing is that, uh, the, uh, Hal Wallace was the guy in charge of all the Elvis movies. Hal Wallace did all the Martin and Lewis movies of the fifties. Okay. So he was a f- Hollywood formula man. He cranked out the Elvis formula. So they didn't want, you know, Colonel Tom Parker was there to make money basically. And so, uh, Elvis wanted to pursue other, you know, like anybody else wanted to do serious stuff, wanted to do different stuff. But once they came up with the Elvis formula that worked, a little bit of singing, a little bit of dancing, a little bit of girls, a little bit of Elvis being Elvis, you know, yeah, then everywhere you go. Done. Yeah. Then this, so basically like the all, die is cast. You can't, you want to weed off and you want to go be right. in. No, he never, there's no Brando movie. And he signed a contract that he had to do like 30 movies in the sixties. So he signed this huge contract where basically every year he had to crank out Three, four movies. Wow. And so there and was they no, take at least a couple of months. And there's right? no time to do the other stuff. And right. you know what? Every one of his movies made money. So it wasn't <laughs> like they ever lost money on an Elvis movie. The Legions always came. They might have not liked it. Right. There was always one song that maybe charted and so it went yeah. on and on yeah. and on. But I mean it got really bad. Some of the like Clambake to me is, is a, when they jumped the shark. Yeah. Clambake on the scene, of course the song Clambake. Just, I don't know what it really means, but right, it doesn't know, mean anything. Look for the bride's lights in town. That's where you'll find me hanging around. And clam bake, gonna have a clam bake. What is the line? Look for the bride's lights in town. That's look- where you'll find me hanging around. It's just like all of a sudden he's singing about life at a clam. But what happens is there's all these people on the beach. Right. They're having a clam bake in beach attire. Elvis walks in. Uh, Not in beach attire. Tight black polyester pants, <laughs> bl- uh, leather black shoes, pompadour. White shirt and like a black turtleneck on the beach, and they're all singing and dancing with him. But it's like, and it bothers no one that a guy showed up in like nighttime wear, right? And they're all in bikinis, like dress shoes, and, exactly. And he's wearing yep. a turtleneck, and it's clearly very warm. What happened is every year, the like, there's no continuity person on the script. At, pretty soon, it was like Elvis wore whatever he wanted to, just showed up in the scene to do Elvis stuff. Oh, so really, you could see it deteriorate over time. Whereas, like, normally someone would say, maybe we should put Elvis like in Blue Hawaii. He had like a uh, swim trunks and a Hawaiian shirt on. Yeah. Maybe we should try. Right. But at some point it was like, Elvis is going to show up in a velvet cape <laughs> and a hat and a monkey. <laughs> Put him in the scene. Uh, even though it's a swim scene. Right. We'll just, he'll, he'll get through it and the fans will love it and we'll move on to the next scene. Oh my God. That's, yeah. that is, so that was it all. It felt conscious at some point where they're at like, at some point Elvis was like, all right, what do I do? Where do I go? Where's right. the monkey? Why Where's the tiger? To, why do I have to change my shirt? So I'm going to wear the fun hat, sing to that steady bear, and I'm out the door. All right, let's do it. <laughs> What's the song called? Poogie, poogie, poogie. All right, I'm in. <laughs> with Pretty no... Much. No, yeah. With, with nothing else. No. Oh, that's... that. Yeah. Oh, my God. But I love that stuff. So you mentioned the cape, so... Uh, the cape, oh God, I love the cape. Killjoy Wazir. Killjoy Wazir. <laughs> All right. Uh, at McWoody 1M would like to say, what's this 1M business? Kuban had a 1M after it. Hmm. It must be Twitter speak for something. Got to be some subset uh, of the door for us. Okay, don't, there we go. It's getting ugly here. It's, I've been cut off. I pour my second cup of coffee and then I knock it over. Right. Here's, okay, here's the question. Elvis's love of Captain Marvel Jr. Elvis's caped outfit is based on his favorite superhero, Captain Marvel Jr. 
weirdly, not Billy Batson for some reason, according to uh, Killjoy Wazir. Well, on my uh, limited uh, Captain Marvel knowledge, however, he was Captain my Marvel Elvis crossover superhero. But if you did know that Billy Batson was the alter ego, small child of Captain Marvel slash Shazam, so I have Billy Batson not really wearing the cape. But if you notice Captain Marvel, right. he did have the Napoleonic collar, and he had like the gold thing right. and the cape. So yeah. I could see where. The, that is the if Elvis looked at that, you know, because that, that's like that's what I would like. What to I want to like. be is I want to be Shazam, basically. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so you could get that exactly. So he got the cape, and if you look at that seventies outfits, they mutated over time. It was like the white outfit, a little bit of fringe, and yeah, then, and then it, then, it, then it kind of mutated into the spangly, bespeckled cape bow to the knee, you know, winged Elvis, right, cane. Right, you know, the whole that, thing. The whole thing, the whole thing. Did he pick his own clothes, do you know? Or oh, yeah, he had he a have... guy that made handmade these, and okay. Elvis would go and select them and what he wanted, and, and these things cost, like, you know, each outfit was, like, thousands and thousands of dollars in the jumpsuit right. that he would just sweat through. He, he, he just, he, he, he was a bit of a sweater, do we know that? A little bit of a sweater, kind of a heavy okay. sweater. he had a bit of a heavy sweater, heavy sweater especially heavy after sweater. the drug use. Yeah. Yeah. He was when he was guy. less fit. Less fit. The less fit. The less fit. The pre-gymnasium Elvis. Elvis. <laughs> the post. The post. Uh, the, the, the post, uh, 1970. Yeah, there was, there was a, there was a little bit of a health decline. Okay, yeah. A little there, bit. A little, little bit. I think Elvis was the first guy who died when I was a kid that I realized, well, once a famous person dies, they show all of his movies. Yeah. And then I started looking around. I was like, when the hell is Jimmy Stewart going to call it? Yeah. I need to see those films. That's great. Because that was pre-VHS, right? See, so you would willfully wish the early death of your favorite celebrity. Oh, well, if they die, I'll get to see that movie everywhere. Rock Hudson, Doris Day, kick it. I, need, a, I got work to do. Now we here. live in a day and age where you can watch your favorite celebrities without killing them. Exactly. exactly. I don't so have to wish we, for their deaths. I used to, I tell you, I love them. And the thing is, before he died, I used to go and buy go to these memorabilia shops were starting right. to pop up. So I actually bought a bunch of like 1950s singles of Elvis before he died. The 45s. Yeah. So I've got okay. a bunch, I had a bunch of stuff that I bought because I wanted them. Right. Pay a buck for them. And then yep. he died and all of a sudden you're like, hey, I got an actual 45 of like Hound Dog, Don't Be Cruel from 1956. Wow. So. And that's worth probably tens and tens of dollars. It's in the vault. Is it in the vault? It's in the vault. Sweet. It's in the Elvis vault. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I owned all of them on VHS. Yeah. And of course, we have since I do not own a VHS player. Yeah. It's good. We have since uh, switched over to the yep. to the DVD player. And now we have the PS3 with the for years we've had the blue. Wow. So, so there's a game that needs to be invented, Elvis and the PS3. Elvis and the PS3. He's, he was a karate man. So it would be Elvis. That was a, one of the questions yeah, so too. It would he be was a great in video game would be Elvis just going around kicking buck on. Ha ha. <laughs> Come on now. Do that. Ha ha. Kenneth W. Reed yeah. would like, please talk about karate in the film Change of Habit. Thank okay. you. Huge karate. Elvis was a big karate man. Matter of Ka- fact. Karate. Karate. Okay. Little known fact, Elvis first learned it in the Army, reacquainted with it with a karate instructor named Mike Stone when he was over. And little That's Mike awesome Stone you know Mike ended, name. ended up being the guy that Priscilla left Elvis for. Uh-huh. So the karate took Elvis's love away oh. and just left him with the karate. <laughs> But Elvis would like, you know, get all liquored up and be like, come on, Red, hold that board. I'm going to split it. And he'd punch his guys and they'd kick each other and they'd have these karate fights. But uh, he was huge into karate. Was he good at it? I think he was Elvis good. So when what? you're surrounded by people, oh, right. they're like, well done, Elvis, man. You're a badass, Elvis. Way to be, E. Then you're good. So I'm not saying he was bad, but what I heard was he was decent. How could you ever know if you were any good at you anything? Can't. 
That's the key. That is, that's the but Petri dish part. Here is the greatest Elvis karate story ever. And it's going to take place in a little town called Madison, Wisconsin. In the 1970s. Varsity. Elvis. Varsity. The 1970s. Driving, driving down in his limo, doing a concert in the area. Looks over. Not on State Street. You can't drive on State, State Street. Street. That's right. Yeah, yeah, so John, okay. what's his that? John, not John. John, no, the Avenue. Oh. John Randall. John oh, Randall Avenue. Oh, Randall, R- Randall Stadium. Randall Stadium. So anyway, Elvis out, but drives by a gas station. And got to get some gas for the limo, okay? Sees at the gas station, a couple people arguing, and fisticuffs begin. Elvis jumps out of the limo and basically said, if you guys want to have a fight, you're going to be dealing with me. <laughs> now, the sight of Elvis getting out of the limo, squaring off to kick their butts, everybody stopped and was like, oh, my God, it's Elvis. Right. And they all want to take pictures with him. Right, so, they no longer wish to fight. Exactly. So Elvis, with his karate move, Stopped a fight outside. And it became like a legendary set because Elvis like stopped a crime in progress. In Madison, they Wisconsin. Because the guy said to himself, I would rather take a picture with my enemy and Elvis than hurt my enemy. Right. Yeah. The f- the enemy of your friend is your... What? That actually Elvis. doesn't go. Elvis. Elvis is the friend of your enemy. Yeah. And, and then he did all the karate moves on stage, which if you watch some of the videos in the 70s, when they get the instrumental versions, he's got the hands splaying out there and he's just chopping and punching the air. Wow. And- Imagine seeing that concert live. Like, who's he fighting? Who is he? <laughs> he is shadow boxing. He does these songs. All of a sudden, he stops. He goes, ha! And he's just kicking ass. So it's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. That, first of all, I love that Elvis is in Wisconsin ever. Yep. Because, uh, you know, we, we, we just have Liberace. That's all we got. Uh, yep. he is from, he is from Milwaukee. Yeah. And, uh, Elvis, uh, Elvis goes to Wisconsin? Huh? Yeah. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? Because and, there's got to be some theater there that seats thousands of people that would go see him. Right. Well, that's it. Exactly. There, there's a gathering of like-minded individuals. Yeah, that Elvis he could, is still big, yeah. Yeah. And so, and so that was, yeah, that, okay, I, 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 I've, I've lost my thread. It's here, okay. The but, karate. It's the karate. That'd and what about Change of Habit? Change uh, of Habit, Kenneth 1969. It was his last, Movie in the contract. Oh, really? And it was a non-musical. It was actually a real movie with Mary Tyler Moore. Mary Tyler Moore is a Tyler nun, Moore correct? A and, uh, she Elf- wasn't a fake nun like in the Clint Eastwood movie. No, no, she? no. Okay. She was a real nun. Shirley who- MacLaine. Yeah. No, Mary Tyler Moore, a real nun who contemplated leaving the Lord to be with Elvis. The Lord. Who was Dr. John Carpenter, who moved into a heavily ethnic, predominantly Puerto Rican neighborhood to tend to the poor people. I want to live in a And uh, Elvis had one song that came out of that. That was a big hit called Rubberneckin'. Rubberneckin'. How Rubberneckin'. does that go? Stop. <laughs> Look and listen, baby. That's my philosophy. Yes, it is now. It's called Rubberneckin', baby. But that's all right with me. Come on now, Jackie. I am so psyched I that I don't have to ask twice. You don't have I don't to ask have to twice. I don't sentence. Uh, you're on I'm board. in. I'm you, in. And you know him. I know And, and then they, it was re-released... And in a contemporary song. Okay. Like a little less conversation, a little more action was re-released. Yeah. Like a DJ mix. Same thing with Rubbernecking. Okay. Yep. Okay. So change your habit. Yeah, I saw that one. That's Mary Taylor Moore. Yeah. And then she doesn't. She stays in the convent. Yep. And In the, uh, end. In the end. Which I remember as a child being disappointed because yeah. I wanted them to kiss. I wanted yeah. to kiss, kiss, uh, kiss. Yeah. Elvis and, respects the Lord too much. Right. He, <laughs> little, little change of habit. Take... Little trivia for you. I used to be a tour guy at Universal Studios. Oh, yeah? The only movie that Elvis shot on a lot of Universal Studios was Change of Habit. Oh. But they did not incorporate that into the official script of Universal Studios when you gave the tour. Why not? Well, obviously, there was some sort of a conspiracy theory. So <laughs> when I gave my tours, I always gave all the Elvis trivia on right. the tour, whether or not people cared or not. Did you get busted? You uh, get... I was asked to stay on script. Oh, were you? 
Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I don't think you understand. You understand? Uh, I'm a comedian. When I go through here, yeah. Uh, I was asked several times to stay on script. Wow. It's, uh. I was not promoting the official movies they wanted to. I was like, yes. change of habit right there. That's where it happened. Right over there. Yeah. Change of habit. It's, so 1969, was that the last movie he did? No, he did like a Elvis on tour. This is Elvis. Elvis, that's the way it is. So they shot. Like oh, documentary style concert footage of him, like three different ones afterwards. But he didn't. He he didn't. He wasn't say, acting. Oh. no, no more scripts. Did he? Are there any stories of him wanting to be an actor in the early seventies? Like The Godfather came out, and he was like, "There was how the, could I get into the that? greatest opportunity of Elvis's acting career was thwarted by the Colonel." The the movie The Star Is Born with um, yeah. Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson yeah. originally offered to Elvis Presley to play the Chris Christopherson role. And Barbara Streisand's people, they really wanted Elvis to play that role. I mean, yeah. Elvis hadn't been in a movie in a couple of years. This would have been like It would huge, have been huge. And he would have been really acting. It would be like the equivalent of Jerry Lewis in The King of Comedy. Yeah. Because that's who Elvis was, playing right. the guy who he is. Yeah. Just like Jerry Lewis played Jerry Lewis, basically. Right. And Colonel Tom Parker uh, demanded too much money and wanted it to be an Elvis movie. And they're going, no, no, we just want Elvis. This movie's going to be huge. It's with Barbara Streisand. Yeah. But Colonel Tom Parker basically said, Elvis only does Elvis movies. Oh, my God. And so Elvis was furious that he lost out on this opportunity. You know, that's where you look at your management and you go, you're actually not being part of the solution. <laughs> Elvis was so terrified of it all going the, away. Yeah. That when he started with the Colonel Tom Parker, he gave him 25%. 25%? And 25% back in the 50s. Now, in the early 70s, they renegotiated the contract, and the colonel got 50% of everything because the colonel said he was his, Elvis was his only client. Right. So he needed a bigger percentage, and Elvis gave it to him. Wow. That's why people were like, Why was Elvis? Colonel made as much money as Elvis off being Elvis. Why was Elvis so dumb? I think why? surrounded by yes people. Okay. And, you know, he was, and, and he wasn't really. What was his childhood? What he, was you that know, his like? His father was kind of. They were, you know, poor people, lived outside Mississippi. His father, tough time finding work. Uh, Wait, I think he, didn't he grow up in New Albany? He grew up in uh, Tupelo, Mississippi. Tupelo. And then there was a house in New Albany because Andy's, all of my husband's, yeah. uh, both of his parents grew up in New Albany and all of his family is from New Albany and yep. there's uh, some They Elvis moved around there. a lot. They moved around a lot. Here's right. a little, little Tupelo side story. I went to the Tupelo house, Elvis oh, did house. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh my God, this is it. The one room shotgun house. So I walk in one door. And you walk in the door and you see the whole house with one door. Right. It's now, a studio. two rooms. In the other room was a, a docent uh, from Mississippi or right. giving a, a tour of like four people. And I walk in the back door and she goes, y'all can't be in here. You need to leave now. Because I didn't pay. I just burst in. Oh, okay. So I walked out and I looked at my friends and said, what happened? I go, I just got thrown out of Elvis's house. I'm like, this is like the greatest day of my life. <laughs> Did you, so you have to go get a ticket to get in? For the tour, but the tour, the minute you walk in, that's the tour. Right. There's a woman talking to you about two rooms, and you can see both rooms from the whole house. And then you're done. You're done. And how much is the tour? I don't know, I didn't pay. You didn't pay. I went in this, I went in the back door. Fair enough. Uninvited to the Elvis house. That is classic stand-up comedy. I was asked to leave. In New York, I uh, took an elevator to the top of the Empire State Building, and, uh, and I was wandering around, and some guy said, what are you doing? I said, looking for a window. And uh <laughs> <laughs> like, a very like, legitimate answer. Yeah, and he very goes legitimate answer. that actually isn't done. Yeah. You're gonna have to go back down. I know. And I said, fair enough. Okay. So, so people pay to come into this house. I just can't walk in. Right. I'm a fan. I think Elvis would have wanted me. Elvis wouldn't have wanted room. your seven dollars. Elvis or, would not want my money. And it could have been seventeen. Exactly. Because they they might have been gougy. Have you ever been to um three times. 
Uh, Graceland. I knew you were going to say that. Graceland. Oh, hell yeah. Memphis, I went Tennessee. to Gra- three to, it's, if you're an Elvis fan, you have to go. You have to, not, it's not just the house. I just went. It's not just the house. Okay. You have to experience the other people that are there. It's part of the whole process. Like we went one time, a buddy and I went across to the ice cream, the Heartbreak Hotel. Okay. And we, they had a little Elvis singing booth. Okay. So we went and got some Elvis ice cream. And we rewrote the lyrics to Heartbreak Hotel. What is Elvis ice cream? I don't know what it was. Different okay. flavors, probably tutti frutti. But they called it Elvis it's ice cream. All the Elvis flavors are there. Okay. All the Elvis. Then, you know, peanut butter, uh, banana. Peanut butter, banana. All the Elvis flavors are there. And we rewrote a song in the back. We rewrote the words to Heartbreak Hotel and then went and recorded our demo oh, that's just to awesome. experience. Right. And sure. then we went in, in the tour. And, you know, if you've ever been in, I get excited because every room, I know probably the story ahead of the story that's being told. Okay. So I would come into the room with all the TVs and I'd be like, <gasps> this is where Elvis shot at the TVs. And I would mumble it. Right. And then the tour guides look at me like, that's my big line. Shut up, geek. <laughs> it's, uh, first of all, when we pulled up to the, when, when, when we went to the Elvis home, we lived, uh, I, I lived through the 1990s mm-hmm. when people, uh, started building McMansions. Right. And so when I pulled up to the Elvis mansion, yeah. I was like, I think somebody owns a house bigger than this. Oh yeah. And it is a beautiful house. It is a it is a gorgeous. But it's a nineteen fifties movie sort of mansion. The property's big. The property's but big, but there the, the columns are really nice, and yeah, it's a very. But pretty, it's not a gigantic house. It is not a gigantic. No. Not. I mean, it's probably four thousand square feet. Yeah. This house that you are in at this time is also from the fifties, nineteen fifty one. Yeah. It is nine hundred and sixty six square feet. So roughly. A fourth of the Elvis. When I said him, when I got here, I said, you know, this is like a quarter Graceland. That's what I'm looking at right here. Right. It's a lot like it. We have, uh, we have, uh, animals. Um, you know, like, <laughs> when you, when you go through, when we yeah. went into the, into the, into the lion pattern yeah. or the, the jungle room. Jungle room. That's what, the that was room. crazy. I my, was like, this, this is my favorite thing. You walk in and go, you know, El, El, this is a jungle room. Elvis designed this room himself. I thought to myself, A, I wouldn't be promoting that. B, Elvis had enough money to hire a better interior decorator. Right, this is because not the jungle, his best like, work. Wow. <laughs> Over there, I want I want jungle stuff, and then the, I want a chair of wood. Was there any like what was it, what were his hobbies? I mean, did he did he being Elvis probably the number one right? Touch football. He liked to uh, kind play of touch play. football. He liked to rent out places for the night, like arcades and amusement parks and movie theaters, and, and just, just kind of wander and in just them, cavort all night and have a good time. Okay, yeah, yeah cause he was, cause he was junked up a lot, right? He was, he, he was kind of drunk and, and in the and later partying. years, he had a, the doctor that got in trouble, Dr. Nicopolis, apparently was just like, it was kind of like what Michael Jackson had. Yeah. He had a doctor who was on the paycheck who right. just basically wrote to the client's demands. Yes. And crossed his fingers he wouldn't die. Right. And then he did. And he did. And, Conrad Murray did the exact same things as Michael Jackson. And a did doctor he go to on jail? the take. Doctor Nick? Yeah. yeah. The doctor who who I was, was Elvis's yeah. doctor yeah. went to Well jail. he prescribed him one time hundreds of like they would just you can't do that to a man. You can't legally prescribe that much medication to a man in a short period of time. If he takes them, he'll die. Right. So Right. What's the medical reasoning to providing all of the Vicodin he's ever wanted? Uh, the answer to that thing. question is Elvis asked me to. Right. right. And, you know, it's Elvis. So what, what am I going to say? What, no, Elvis. <laughs> what's the doctor's name? Dr. Nicopolis. Nicopolis yeah. is, uh, was Elvis's doctor. He was Elvis's, well, he was the doctor that he went to and he took the drugs to help him wake up, took the drugs to help him sleep. When right. he wasn't feeling good, took the drugs. When he would cancel shows, he'd go see the doctor. He'd check into the hospital for like, Exhaustion, but it was actually a detox. And of course, the first person they would go visit would be Dr. Nicopolis. So you wow. read all this stuff, you're like, now you read about it, you go, oh, we've heard this story. It's a common story, but he was, Elvis was the blueprint 
for celebrity narcotic abuse in the sociopathic psychotic world of a superstar like that. (laughs) Right, but everybody died before him, though, right? Because he didn't die until like 77. When did he die? He died August 16th, 1977. It was 77. theoretically died. Oh, hello. Uh, (laughs) When Elvis died, I had a teacher who knew I was a big fan drive to my house to break me the news because he thought I might take it hard. I was in a car (laughs) with a crazy woman when Michael Jackson died. And she burst into tears. Oh my gosh. It, I was in Las Vegas and, uh, she started, she started having the biggest panic attack and crying jag. I literally got out of the car. I said, oh I will jump out of this car if you do not let me out. And I had to call a cl- Kevin Kearney. Remember him? Catch Rising I know Kevin Star Kearney. Right? Yeah. Kevin Kearney. Catch Rising Star. Yeah. I had to call him, uh, up and go, Hey, do you know where this is in Las Vegas? And he goes, yeah. And I said, I just jumped out of a lady's car because, uh, she was just a woman who wanted, she was a, she was, I'm sure she's very nice, but her, her love of Michael Jackson scared the shit out of right. me. And the fact that she was like, Michael Jackson, she started hyperventilating. She started swerving. I was like, what the hell's going on? And she's like, they say Michael Jackson said, and I was like, yeah, uh, you have a close friend of his. And she said, I have met him. And I was like, and we're done. Yeah, uh, and, gotta, and this is not good. This is, in- yeah, I don't understand that. I was a fan, yeah. but I never thought that. I knew him. I never thought I understood him. Okay. I never thought I was just like, you know, I didn't feel like there was a, you know, part of me died when Elvis died. It's more okay. like, no, I enjoyed the concept of Elvis. Right. I, I mean, I'm, I've You kid, love all the works. I love the fact that he was the king of a world he created. Every movie, every, everything was like, no one else lived in this world. There's no one said no to him. He built his own world. Yeah. And his world was amusing because it was filled with, Guys named Sonny and Red and West, and there was Cadillacs and guns and booze and Anne Margaret, and there was like, who wouldn't want that world? I mean, right, right. every every movie was like, you know, Elvis had a guitar, he was a singer, he had to get a job. There were race cars or Hawaiian themes or boats, motorcycles, or, or yeah, yeah. And, he, and he was a guy that won a singing contest. I mean, it was like this. Who lived in that world? Right, right. He Elvis was did. Elvis, Elvis did. did. Elvis did. By the way, uh, and I went. I was uh, one of the first jobs I had in L.A. I was a production assistant on a Elvis impersonator documentary. Oh. One of the greatest jobs of my life. <laughs> Drove to the Palm Springs mansion where Elvis uh, rented a home when he was taping Viva Las Vegas with Anne Margaret. Okay. And they theoretically hooked up in these little getaways. So okay. when we get to this home and everybody is, you know, everybody's running around checking out the house for sound and blah, blah, blah. I went straight to the bedroom, kicked open the door, and I was like, do you understand what took place in this room? Two of the sexiest people <laughs> of the 1960s. <laughs> Did it right here. Right. I mean, and Margaret, I mean, this room, this is it, people. This, this is like, it. They probably, you know, Their if, we took DNA. A, if we did the light on the wall, it'd be horrific. <laughs> right. There would be, you'd take that red light. Yeah. Monk would not be sexy. Not at all. It would that's, a, bro- that's a monk reference. Okay, uh, so, uh, but here's, I heard that, that they, that they, they hooked up, that they were lovers, but that they were also just friends too. I think both. I think they, sh- how do you not shack up? It's like you're hot, I'm hot. Let's do this. Right, have we've to slept up. with everyone exactly. else. Exactly, <laughs> and but and then and they were like lifetime. She was one of the few celebrities that came to his funeral. Okay, and every time she opened a show in Vegas for the rest of her life, he would send the whole room full of flowers. Like I think it was one of those, you know, once Elvis loves you, Elvis loves you. Right, right, yeah. right. He's forever. Just on, he's on your. He's I'll on find your you. <laughs> I'll find you. Wherever you go in, I got you. I got you. <laughs> I got somebody tracking you at all times. Now, I, I met Priscilla Presley when I first got to L.A. Because I was a, I don't want to brag, but I was an extra in Naked Gun 33 and a third. You, your career because is just amazing. To I me. had a tuxedo. Goonies. Yep. Yep. And when I got on set, um, you know, you're on there. It was a big 
final scene of the Shrine Auditorium with the Oscar scene. Okay. So, uh, oh, so you could be a guy. I could be a guy. And because I had a tux, they're like, well, then you can come back. Cause that way, that way I, I was there for three weeks and they didn't have to pay. They didn't have to rent a tux, but they right. gave me the tux bump. So right. I was hanging with everybody and you know, Raquel Welch is on this movie. Holy crap. But so is Priscilla Presley. Yeah. And to me, I mean, Raquel was kind of a, she was a Raquel. She was kind of a diva and aloof. Right. But Priscilla was like friendly and gorgeous. Oh, really? And I was just like, this is Elvis's wife. And Anna Nicole Smith was on the set. Right. And OJ Simpson. We had quite a cast of people. <laughs> but it was, it was like, and, uh, you're right. But Priscilla. And I was just like, I don't care. She was like, I was like, that's, that's Scylla. That is Scylla. 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 Yeah, she was like 14 or something when they met, right? Yeah, 14 or 15? Yeah, she was like 14 or 15 when they met in Germany. And, and, he, was like, and he was like 22 or 23. Yep, yeah. So awkward. Yeah. But, but, but he, he brought her back. Yeah. He courted her through her dad. Is that courted correct? Courted through her dad, asked permission to bring her back to the States to educate her, had her live in the home. Basically groomed her right. until it was time. But yeah, apparently it was very... I saw Gigi. Yeah. I know what's happening. But apparently it was all like... And then like, he married her. Yeah. Apparently it was all like, no, he was a gentleman and they married her and then they... Uh, and then know, they did it. And then they did it and they had a kid. And then they had and a kid. And then Mike Stone and then uh, the rest is history. Right, right. The karate. The karate. 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 And then that was all he had. Yeah. That was all he had left. So, but he... So he didn't, did he cheat on Priscilla to, to your knowledge? Mine, I, you know, I think the, the, the common accepted theory is yes. Yes. That, but in the that same women way that threw all, themselves at yeah, him but and, that he was devoted to her, that he's, she's the only one he loved. Right. But that doesn't change. The fact you know. that there was free sex. And I was like, okay, around. go get me the pink one, the one in the red dress, the <laughs> one over there, the one that fell down, have him meet me. <laughs> Clean him up and I'll meet him later. Down. Yeah. Hose them off. Hose them stick off. Stick them in that thing with the, the bright eyes. <laughs> and, uh, so. Planet of the Apes reference. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I have a. I'm hip to that too. Y- sure. Sure. You know things. Soiling Green is people. Charlton Soil- Heston. Yeah. Charlton Heston. So, uh, Carla Estes, and allow me to mispronounce her name. And she's good with that because, uh, she said, you know, don't ask him. He'll think I'm a freak. But ask me. Ask him. And uh and I said, no, no, it'll bring you all closer. Just and it. me too. Has he read the chapter on Elvis's alleged megacolon in Mary Roach's book, Gulp? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. I wish I wish we had a visual on the podcast. Because I'm glad we do not. <laughs> as you, please, please reread the sentence to me one more time so I can take in every word. Has he read the chapter on Elvis's alleged megacolon? Megacolon. Megacolon, which I don't know what that is. Is that, is that, I don't know, is that a euphemism for well-endowed man? Possibly, or are we possibly. talking about his actual colon? In Mary Roach's book, Gulp. I don't know who Mary Roach is. I don't either. Someone who's written a book called Gulp makes and, me want to never want to read it. And, 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 but there's a chapter on the megacolon. Well, now I gotta go back and look this up because I, I, if this was a game show, I, I, a part of me wants to go with euphemism for hung like a bull moose. Right. Or are we actually dedicating a chapter of a book to the colon of Elvis Presley? Right. I have no idea. Hmm. Uh, it, at least he didn't suffer, right? No, Elvis. When he died? He went. It's, he went, went no, to the he, bathroom, sat on the toilet, <laughs> took a book with him, keeled died. over and died. That's it. As a matter of fact, the first jokes I ever wrote, and I'm not proud of this joke, but I did this. I actually did this, <laughs> I did this on television. I used oh. to host a show on VH1. Are we playing that one? What, what show did you called host? Movie Obsessions. Uh, there so we go. It was, like, it was like dinner and a movie. And so one time the movie was, it was music related movies, but one time the movie was Viva Las Vegas. So I'm just okay. beside myself with joy yes. because this is an Elvis movie. I'm going to get away with Elvis references. Yep. And so, you know, I think I said, I think, can't believe I said this on TV. I said, you know, Elvis died on the toilet. Basically the king got up one night, sat on the toilet, let one rock, and then he rolled. Oh, there you go. Horrible joke. <laughs> 
<laughs> you were vaguely But it was mine. But it was mine. Oh, I did a joke when right. I first started about Batman and Robin, how they might be gay. I don't mean to brag, but uh, I don't think <laughs> I was the first one to possibly mention that that no, hole no, in yeah. the tights. No, yeah. <sighs> it's exhausting when it's you think about stuff. your early comedy. No. Okay, so David Rommerstein uh, would like to know, is the Hamburger James story true? I don't know what that is. Do you know wow, what that is? the Hamburger James story. The Hamburger uh, story James, or a, st- a story named Hamburger James? Hamburger James in quotes. Is the oh. Hamburger James story true? Wow, that I don't know about the Hamburger James. That and one then I've the last one I got. never heard of. I didn't give people a lot of time, so I only have I know Elvis would fly to places specifically just to get a hamburger. Like, he had a oh, pl- his favorite place. Thing. He'd like, let's go get a hamburger in Texas. And they'd get up, fly the plane, land, eat the burgers, and come home. Did so. he ever go anywhere foreign besides Germany? No, I don't think so. He that went, he, actually the, makes me sad. He went there because he was ordered to. Right. And then he never traveled world because the Colonel wouldn't let him go. Right, but just think about like... He did like, Hawaii. He did like the biggest concert ever at the time. More people saw Elvis than any other human alive in 1973 Aloha special. Oh, really? Hawaii. It was via satellite. It was the first concert satellite shot all around the world. So oh. instead of traveling to the world, Elvis was the first person to do a worldwide satellite conference that every country... Right, could, could get then... via satellite. So yeah, so that was his. That was Elvis's way of touring. Have you ever read any books about the Colonel? I mean, there's two. I can't remember. There, I can't remember the authors. There are two Offhand, phenomenal yeah. books about. Like one's called Last Train to Memphis, and then there's another one. It's the they're the first half and second half. That's Elvis's career from like zero to twenty one when he became like mega Elvis. Right, and then the next one is about basically from fame till death. Okay, they're phenomenal books. It's a guy that's written a lot of other really, really good books about really interesting people. So this is like the one. If you're going to read an Elvis book, that's the read one that... these two because this is an actual uh, writer going after the topic from a you know from cultural standpoint. Yeah, not a uh, you, you know. Yeah, I was part of Elvis's and Inter Mafia and right. And it's so, a, so I, I did blow and, with him once. And, and, in and there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff in there on the Colonel, but it's all. It's all. You know, he kept it very. He was an old carny from like the the circus days and stuff. So he kept everything. You never knew what was real and what wasn't real with this guy. Okay. And I think he kept everything that way. So that, uh, did he, I mean, here's my question about the Colonel. Like the, when did the Colonel die? Do you have any idea? Is the Colonel still alive? No, he somewhere? did die. He died. He was the last one to go. He lived quite a long life. I yeah. Mean, I forget when I'm, he died. I'm but. sure he, yeah. And then he, did he have kids? I mean, my, my curiosity with the mm, Colonel yeah. is like, did he have kids? No, I think he was just, uh, he was just, uh, he a was loner, a carny he was a loner. Hustler. He was a carny loner who was representing Hank Snow was a huge country act in like the 40s and 50s. So where did so where did all that money go? Is I guess what cuz my whole thing is He had is a like, gambling problem understandably and Sure. I think he pissed away the money and that's why that's he wanted to make sure that and then he knew that when Elvis died if he's entitled to 50% of all the money that's still coming in. He knew yeah. Elvis is not going to live but I'm going to get my money. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is that is crazy talk. It is it's so interesting to me about like the people that take advantage of the people. Yep. <laughs> You're like, okay, so what's your story? And what are because those people oftentimes think that they're going to take it with them, right? Yeah. I mean, they're like, no, no, I'm going to. I need all this money. I yeah. need this money, and I'm. I'm yeah, I don't know. To- he, he was probably one of the most. Uh, he's like the blueprint for the guy you don't want representing you because <laughs> right. you just he will never be honest with you. Right. He'll never know what the hell's exactly going on. Right. Right. Anyone, if I, first this way, if you're a comedian, let's say, mm-hmm. and some manager approaches you, and his name is the Colonel, <laughs> I think off the top right there, anyone with a faux military, you know, opening name, like, you oh, know, right. the rear admiral, anything, walk away. There's yeah. Very few, there's no other major artistic management 
who have military denominations. This is not going to, yeah. I mean, I don't understand. Yeah. Whenever, yeah. you know what? It's so interesting to me whenever somebody has a career like, like that, yeah. where it blows that, like Mitch Hedberg, yep. you know, like his manager kept sending him out and he, everyone around him was like, you know, he's a mess. Yeah. He's got to figure out his life. And they're like, yeah, but, but if he slows down, he's not going to get the next big development deal. Yeah, and it, it's always a bizarre – it's at that place where, yeah, but, you know, wouldn't it be nice for him not to die? Right. And then wouldn't it be nice for someone to go, yeah, maybe what you need to do is stop and then take – and then try to come back. Maybe have faith that even if he came back half as famous because a cleaned-up Mitch Hedberg wasn't as funny – He'd still have, he'd live. He'd still be and amazing. Be funny. Yeah. yeah. And it'd be like, and so I agree with you. I, I, and yeah, it would well, be. Who, yeah. who, I mean, you look at Elvis, it was just like, if people that stood up to him left and then people started leaving him saying, I can't watch you kill yourself anymore. Right. And then right before he died, Sonny and Red West, the brothers who were with him all the time. Okay. Basically released a book called Elvis What Happened. And it was the first big insider tell all. Letting everybody know what the inside world of Elvis Presley, why he was seeming bloated and drugged out on stage. Right. And he was dreading the release of the book. Yeah. And in the last couple months of his life, everything was like, um, that book was coming out and then, uh, Elvis' health was declining. You know, he was. Did Priscilla had left him? At she, this they point? divorced in 74. And okay. In, so in a couple Santa years Monica. Yeah. Earlier. And, uh, same place where OJ Civil trial, same room. Um, <laughs> So it was all declining and the book was coming out and his world was kind of like imploding. Yeah. And he was just, you know, heavily into drug use, missing concerts. And and then, ironically, the last concert Elvis did was he did something that he never usually did was he brought his father on stage and introduced him to the crowd. Oh, wow. So it was like almost, I think he kind of figured that I'm running this train into the ground. Right. And no one can stop me. And so <laughs> it's like, you know. Might as well give this guy his Here's my moment dad. in the sun. Yeah, so Here's, uh, that'll be nice. Yeah. yeah, it's always so. Um, and then people always say, you know, geniuses, man, they always burn out early. And you're like, really? Yeah. George Carlin died of old age. Yeah, they people think he's a genius. Yeah, yeah. So y- you don't have to be the biggest mess in the world to be a genius. You know, you can be a genius, and then, you know, Bill Cosby. People say yeah. he's a genius, and that guy is 77 years yeah. old. Yeah. He gets to. Ironically, Bill Cosby just brought his father on stage for the last show. So <laughs> he did not. <laughs> Boy, that man will be dead soon. That's, no. He's 102. He's, he's 102. The guy's a great guy. So yeah. So, but I, I love the idea of it. And now let's talk briefly uh, about Memphis. Oh, we love uh, Memphis. Right. So you do you go do you go pretty right? Do you, well, you I, still do stuff? What I do you have do? been there regularly enough now that I've. I think I've been there like four times. Okay. Uh, you know, one time we did the Graceland a couple of times, different people. Last time was some military tour with some guys. So we went to Tupelo and we went to Sun Recording Studio. We went to Graceland. We had the time. So it was yeah, like, yeah. it's very, very, I mean, I love going. Yeah. But every time you go, it's fun to go with someone who's never been because then it's like reliving it through a child's eyes. Right. They have no idea what's about to happen. <laughs> right. And you see like the, you know, the, the, all the different rooms and the stables and, and they're yep. asking these, what I consider to be simple questions. They're like, oh, no, that's not at all true. <laughs> you see what Elvis did when he had the Cadillacs lined up here. So I, I almost feel like a docent. Right. You I'm are like, the yeah. docent. You, it is it's, fun. You know, uh, we went, the first time we went to Memphis, uh, we went to the Civil Rights Museum. And then the next, oh, yeah. yeah, which is. Oh, yeah, they have that there too. Right. It's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they have a civil rights. Right. And Graceland, and Graceland is right there is just too. Over there it's just too. down the street. It's just down the street. Second most visited uh, house in America by the White House. Oh, really? Graceland's number two. Oh, that's interesting. You know, the Civil Rights Museum is weirdly enough, it's, it's made into, it's the, it's the motel. 
where Martin Luther King was shot. They oh, wow. turned it into right, the right, museum. Right. And I thought, well, that's poor taste. And then I went, yeah. and it could not have been more powerful. Yeah. It was so powerful. And then they, they bought a building across the street, yeah. which is... The vantage a, point? A, a, yeah, the vantage point. And then they, they did a, this whole thing. And See, so, I would think that would be powerful to walk like it happened here. It went there. The guy probably shot him from there. It'd no, no. Like, they shot him. They have the spot, yeah. exact spot where he that's shot wild. him from. And it's like you can sit there, and they have a gun just set up that you can look through the rifle. <laughs> and and you like, can shoot people. It's still the South. <laughs> and weirdly enough, it is still available. It's still available. you got to bring your own bullet. Yeah. And uh, so... But yeah, so I I really like Memphis, quite honestly. I mean, and food's I, great. Beale Street is phenomenal. That's right. where supposedly Elvis went in the fifties and got all his exposure to like gospel music and black entertainers and right. the blues and all that stuff. It's still, I mean, the food and the music is people. It's like mini New Orleans without people pulling their shirts off and showing their tits. In New Orleans, there's a sense of at any moment something could happen where. If you're getting sucked up in the humanity, you'll never be seen again. Not Beale Street. Nor I've, I've never been to New Orleans. I really want to go, but it feels like sort of a Disneyland kind of thing since Katrina, where they're trying to sort of. Recreate I think yeah, something. I think the new New Orleans is more like we're not as crazy yeah. as you think, and right. yes, they are. And Memphis feels like a place where like you could get punched in the throat. Oh, yeah. if things go wrong, which is but it's a good for a city. I like that. Yeah, I, I I enjoy that in a city. <laughs> <laughs> I like my cities. Slightly dangerous, you know. It's like uh, you want to go. Times Square in 1987? Yeah. Yes, you do. Exactly. You do. You want to see... You, you're looking for a Tetris game, but what you find is a peep show. Because it says arcade. <laughs> so well, when you go, Every time I go to Graceland, we always picked up like souvenirs. So yep. over the years. And I stopped buying Elvis stuff years ago because I have my own life. Right. But, the, but people knew I liked it, kept sending me things. Like I have... Ah. You know, I have the Elvis encyclopedia I brought with me in case we had a little dispute over something. I can sure. go to the book. Okay. Uh, I have an Elvis buck knife. I have... People send me these things. So I had this incredible collection one time. So I had an Elvis party right. in which I displayed all my wares. Yes. Because I thought, why well, I got to do something with this stuff? So we had played Elvis movies on the different TVs. We had all the Elvis stuff. <laughs> I, for a period, I did own a jumpsuit, glasses, wig. Oh, you scar- had that? Oh, I had that. Because I've... I've in my early day, I was hired. I've been hired several times. I was in an independent movie called Nine Minutes. Okay. In which everybody had to take their 15 minutes of fame, but with commercials, it was cut down to nine minutes. Awesome. And most people just, when, like, they would come, it's your time. Most people by default just did Elvis. Mm-hmm. So the opening of the movie is me doing Elvis for people that are about to judge me. And I, I give it everything <laughs> I got. And I'm doing the karate moves and all that. And the guy gives me the thumbs down and then they throw me into the river. Okay. Uh, but because I was an Elvis fan, they hired me. I pitched myself as an Elvis wrangler. Okay. Because I then taught the other actors how to be Elvis how when their time their came. Elvises. Yeah. So, okay. so yeah, I've done, I've had like a, I was on a, I did a, an interactive Elvis on a kiosk for this company. I, someone hired me once to do it live. I'm like in a bar. I'm going to go in, sing Burn in Love. I'm in. Oh, that's so, I mean, yeah. your life is just, I mean, Elvis follows you because you followed Elvis. It is funny. Extent. People will hear me on stage and, and someone, somebody came up to me a couple weeks ago and said, you know, where are you from? Because I hear like a slight Southern drawl. That's why I asked. And I said, the only explanation I can give you is that I'm such a big Elvis fan that when I hit the stage, I'm a little larger than life when I, a little over the top. And there's just a little bit of that in my head that I cannot shake. It's yep. subconscious. It's and it's it not like I'm up there going, "How you all doing?" I don't do that. But you, no, it people, isn't that bad. But there's a twang yeah. to it yep. where you're just like, "I am performing." Yeah. Hence, my inner Elvis Ex- is Ex- taking over. Thank you. <laughs> Write this down, people. The inner Elvis. Your inner Elvis. My is inner Elvis it. comes out, baby. 
That is awesome. I like it. And you know what? That is probably, and I'm not, when I tell people that, I'm being very serious. I right. Go, I have an ear for dialect, so if I go places, my first time I met my brother-in-law in mm-hmm. Wisconsin, and I heard him talk, I was like, talk to me. This is the greatest accent I've ever heard in my life. Right. It's and two pretty... weeks later, I had an audition. They wanted me They wanted me to be from the Midwest. So I go, I can do this. <laughs> have Mike Worth in my ear. <laughs> So, but yeah, that's the, that's the, and people I go, I'm deadly serious. I am very much sure that that's what it is. Excellent. So do you recommend this Elvis encyclopedia if people know. like you it? I don't know. You know what? I, I just thumb through it again. People give me these things. Uh, so it's this, pretty good? Well, you know what it's got? It's basically a chronology. You can go anywhere in his life, any year. There's Elvis making out with Anne Margaret. That's always a big one. <laughs> it's got the movies. They list them by synopsis. All the, you know, all the, uh, there's your King Creole right there, 1958. It's got sure. some of the. the do you other... have a favorite Elvis movie? I, you know what? For pure entertainment value, front to back of the pinnacle of what I consider to be the groovy movie 60s Elvis, I think Viva Las Vegas is the, is the balance of Elvis cheese with an actual movie that kind of works, and then there's Anne Margaret. Which one is that one? What's the, what's, what's the, 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 the conceit? What is the, uh. When does the, when we jump the shark? When do we tip over? Well, you know, like, cause the, there's the one where he's a rich oil guy who trades, uh, uh, identities with the other guy? Yeah, I think he trades with Bill Bixby, as a matter of fact. Who it is several, Bill Bixby. several films. No, it's uh, Bill Bixby's friend, isn't it? Bill Bixby's friend. Oh, it is Bill friend. Bixby's friend. That's right. We, Bill Bixby was in like Speedway and Nancy Sinatra, I think it was. No, Nancy Sinatra was in Speedway. Bixby could have been in Spin Out. Could have been roused about. I don't right. know. Right. Spin Out, yeah, those three were the, were the ones that were all the car. Yeah, they were all the car ones, ones right? yeah. Roused about, he's on the motorcycle. Motorcycle. What's the one with the boat? Oh, the boat was uh, Girls, Girls, Girls. Okay. I always enjoyed one. Girls, Girls, Girls. Did, too. It's got a lot of play in the 330 movie. Yep. Blue Hawaii, he plays, uh, you know, he's the son of a pineapple heiress, uh, the pineapple people. Matter of yep. fact, Angela Lansbury plays his mother. Oh, right. Big song in that one's Rock a Hula Baby. Uh, and he becomes a tour, local tour guide for right. the, the girls and, of course, falls in love. And, sure. Yeah. And then, of course, Paradise Hawaiian style, the big wedding scene floating down the... Oh, right. Where you can still get married as Elvis to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just so much. And have, have you been to the Elvis chapels in Vegas? Have you seen uh, some I've of that? I've seen Elvis chapels in Vegas. I've been, if you go to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and you drive through the areas, there's like little Elvis museums and places where you, they have like a, you can look at the x-ray where Elvis broke his hand. Oh, wow. Stuff like that. Yeah. That is weird. Yeah. That's, that, that feels How's like. like a, your x-rays, like when you die, like, like you put your, where's Jackie's foot? And uh, here she broke it. And you're like, well, look at that. That is Jackie's foot. How do you know? How do we like, know? It's like uh, a, a saint. It it's is. like, it's one of those pilgrimage things where you're just like, it's oh, I'm hoping to see like a lock of his hair. Well, well you go to Graceland. Maybe it'll heal me. The, the, the pilgrimage thing is there's a, where was a woman weeping, just uncontrollably weeping at the side of Elvis's grave. Now I'm a fan, but I've, his grave is not. Recent, gonna, like the last time like you the were there? the first time I went. Oh, Jesus. And still weeping. And, you know, this is in the 80s, I think, sometime. And maybe early 90s. And I was just like, she was just weeping and weeping. And I looked at my buddy and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go over and console her. And then I want a shot. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, the comedian is like, what I'm going to do is I'm going I'm to gain her confidence. And then I'm going to turn to the camera and click that shot. Instagram. Yeah, Instagram. Except for it's yeah. 1996. Yeah. Except, uh, yeah. So. So did that happen? Mm-hmm. What did she say? Why was she? She, she was, was just, just sad. She was just weeping. It, it was it was Elvis, and she felt she, was, she felt felt it. it uncontrollably. An American. This is that, a, an American grown up lady. The yeah, the equivalent of the woman that you were in the car with, Michael Jackson. This would be someone like right, that. Right, yeah. right. I don't want to get in the car with that woman either. Yeah. Holy, I don't know who could die. That I would. That that. I mean, besides a, a close yeah. personal. Yeah, I don't know who could die that I don't know. That yes. would make me that upset. Make me want. Make me make someone get out of the car I'm driving. Sure. I don't. I don't know. I don't know anybody. 
Yeah. Who's, uh, oh, I've forgotten his name. The rich man, Stabney Coleman. Gene Hackman. Um, so, uh, the, uh, I like that. That is, uh, that's fun game I like to play. It's, uh, it's played on a regular basis here because wow. I'm, it's the best example because rich man, poor man, right? Yeah. Because you get the, the poor man's Michael Keaton. Yep. Would be, um, Judge Reinhold. Okay. Or, good. Um, I like. Steve Gutenberg. Steve nice. Gutenberg could be the poor man's Judge Reinhold or those two guys can switch right. a little bit. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like it's this. just a, you know, Laura Linney, poor man's, uh, uh, Meryl Streep. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like this. And both excellent. But everyone, but, yeah. everyone's good at what they do. Now, I'm not saying anyone's no, better no, no, no. or worse. Or I just whatever. haven't had the conversation which Dabney Coleman came up in a long time. Right, I was like, right. So, I was watching 9 to 5 the other day. <laughs> somebody but oh, somebody Genius? does a joke. Is it uh, Brandon? Uh, really? Really? This is It's a fun game I also like to play uh, just in life where um, he's an Austin comic. He's relatively well-known. He is, uh, his name is... Uh, Brandon Jackson, and it is not Bra- Jackson, and uh, but he likes to open his set with Gene Hackman has passed away, and the audience reacts, and he always talks about the visceral reaction that people have. Sometimes he does it in a bar where he's like, "Did you see here that Gene Hackman died?" And people, he's every single time he says somebody comes up to him and says, "Did you say Gene Hackman died?" And he. It, Gene Hackman has not died. No, Gene Hackman. No, still alive. Will not die. Right, he won't die. <laughs> he is, uh, he is essentially, uh, the poor man's Rip Torn. Uh, so, uh, anyway. But, Gene Hackman, U.S. Marine. That's why he's not gonna die. Oh, is he? Yeah. Is he U.S. Hmm. My father, uh, let's talk, um, it's been an hour, but, um, you know, my father uh, likes to refer to himself as the world's worst Marine because ah. he was in the Marines, but not. He was a medic. So right. he was in the Navy. Right. But those guys, that's tough duty. I mean, there's a lot of guys who are assigned, the medics who are assigned to the Marines, that to me, I feel most sorry for them because they joined the Navy, became a medic, and then were handed to the Marines. And now you're running around on the ground and all the demands of the Marines are placed on you. Right. And then when we get hurt, you got to come help us. Right. Well, and, and what my father likes to say is he says, did you know that the Marines get their medics from the Navy? I didn't. <laughs> what a surprise. I thought they had their own. What do you mean I'm going there? Oh, is that what's happening? Ah. And, and my father, as as my father also likes to say, he says, I'd rather you thought I was a coward than an idiot. And so he did not reenlist. Yeah. Because he, he was like, I was not cut out to be a Marine. Yeah. And he said, I love those guys. Those guys were the coolest guys in the world. Yeah. And I would sit and I would I would talk to them forever. But I do. I can't go to Vietnam. That's not happening. Yo, He's like for a medic, it's been horrible. Right. He said, "I'm going to go to Vietnam with a giant cross oh, yeah. on my forehead that says shoot here, please.'" And he's like, "I can't." I, and so he is. He is not. There's my favorite thing about my dad is that his self-absorption is so complete that he it feels like from a distance that he is the sanest man in the room. Right. So like when I like him already, he has he bought <laughs> one gun when yep. I was a child because he was a a, a gambler. Not good at it because no one is. Right. It turns out when you have six children. And uh so but he was in a game when I was 11 years old. And I've been telling this st- st- story on stage, which I rarely do on the on the podcast, but I'll just tell it just because you were a Marine. Tell me. And uh it is. And I haven't been able to figure, make it funny because it's hilarious to me, but it's more just a story. And it is, uh, he bought this gun because he was in a poker game that you had to have a gun to be in the game because there was so much money on the table. They were Jeez. afraid that it would be robbed. Was this like the OK Corral? Like it, this was, is like, this it was, it was, it was essentially 
idiot mafia. It was right. like the Milwaukee mafia, right. which is not even the Chicago mafia. So it's guys named Pulaski and, uh, DeSalvo. <laughs> anyway, so, but they're all sta- sitting around and he says, so I gotta have a pistol to be in this game. I, so I bought a gun. You want to see it? And I'm 11 and children love guns. I no think much. that's yeah. been established. They shoot each other and themselves all the time. I go with this discussion. I have a two and a half year old son. I'm like, it's not okay to just go around shooting your other toys. We, no, we have to stop. <laughs> we have to. And so, I was like, of course. And my mom wouldn't let him, my stepmom wouldn't let him have it in the house, so it was in the car. So it's in the trunk. So he opens the trunk. He opens a jewelry box, and there are matching dueling Derringers. Just two pearl-handed twenty-two Derringers. And I was like, what are those? Do they work? And he goes, you can't shoot them. They lose half their value if you shoot them. They look like (laughs) keychains. And I was like, well, do they count in the game? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah. They made fun of me, but they count. And, uh, my favorite line is what he says when I ask the obvious question, which is, what if somebody robs the game? And without missing a beat, he's like, well, everybody else has a gun. I don't need a gun. They, they can shoot them. I don't need to shoot anybody, do I? <laughs> and you're like, that is so sane and so not say, how the that's game. That's brilliant. Like, what do you, shoot the guy. Shoot the guy. I'm not going to shoot him with these guns. <laughs> Right. It's like, that's not how the game is played. That's, He's like, well, I don't have to play the game. Like, they're they're all playing the game. What do I have to play it for? That's a great... It, it genius. Is, it, it works. It seems sane and so self-absorbed that you're like, why wouldn't you get punched in the face regularly, Dad? And he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's been what happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's... It's all part of the game. Okay. So, uh... I, I, of course, thank you for your willingness to serve. Willingness? Oh, I thought you were talking about... <laughs> talking willingness... About, talking to Elvis. Your willingness, willingness to serve here to as serve our Elvis here expert. here on the Dork Forest. Well, yeah, it was... Uh, I signed up for the Dork Forest. I knew you what I was getting up. into. You know what you were getting in. It was, it's a volunteer. It's still not a... Uh, a draft situation. It's a brilliant idea. How how nice to come and sit here and actually be sitting here like I'm some kind of a panel expert on all things Elvis. It's uh, all we're looking for is enthusiasm, and in your case, you had actual info, which is awesome. I got info. I got uh, experience. I had a jumpsuit. I, I felt the Elvis, <laughs> and I love that the inner Elvis. I'm leaving here with my inner Elvis intact, knowing <laughs> that. So if you're out there and you, and you got it in you, is what, what's happening is your inner Elvis. It bubbles out every now and then. I Sa- need a cape. It's a safe space. James P. Connolly with an O. That Connolly, two O's. Yep. Dot TV, James P. Connolly. It'll be linked in the notes at James P. Connolly on Twitter. And July 29th, the Irvine Improv, August 2nd and 3rd, Goonies in Rochester. Thanks for being on the show, man. Pleasure. Thank you for the Elvis Pinecliffe. See you later, brother. It's been nice talking to you. And thanks for listening, Rangers. Take care of each other out there. Bye. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?